It's the summer of 1943. In Washington, D.C., everyone's awestruck by the courier who has just landed in the city from a completely different world. This man of mystery attracts the attention of the people around him. He's young, handsome, tall, perhaps a little on the thin side, and slightly frail. He's exceptionally well-mannered and speaks English, French, as well as a whole host of other languages fluently. More importantly, the most influential dignitaries in the U.S. Capitol want to meet this man personally, after rumors spread of the exploits of this extraordinary person who had witnessed extreme horrors and conveyed drastic news relating to what seemed to be the end of the world. Finally, Jan Karski gets the call. It's from one of the most powerful people on Earth, the U.S. President. Franklin Delano Roosevelt invites him to the presidential apartment in the White House for a private tete-a-tete in just under an hour. You hear the plane roaring down out of control and then crashing into silence. A state of war has existed. It would be still more foolish to lose heart and courage. Thousands of people like me perished. Some of us survived. I am one of those. Untold Stories from the Secret State Message from the Holocaust, Part 1 It's nearing the end of the 20th century. Journalist Andrew Nagolsky and the Newsweek editorial team are working on a list of the most important events of the past 100 years. During his research, he gets to know Jan Karski, who had just been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Here's Nagorski speaking about his experience meeting Karski in the 1990s. I picked him immediately because I thought he exemplified what it meant to resist the most treacherous regime of the 20th century. And so I really wanted to see what he was like. It was I went to see him in 1998. It was two years before his death. So he was in his mid-80s. He lived in a a modest apartment in Chevy Chase, Maryland. This is on the border of Washington, D.C. Two things struck me. One, in this modest apartment, of course, there were various honors on the wall, various plaques. He was honored by Poland, Israel, the United States, Yad Vashem, all these organizations. But at the same time, he came across an extremely modest man who kept emphasizing that what he did was nothing extraordinary. And every time I had him tell his basic story, and every time he would, he would explain what, what happened. And at one point I, I asked him, well, weren't you afraid? And he would say, oh, this was war. This was normal. This was not theater. Eva Wierzyńska, one of Jan Karski's closest friends. You know, this was not theater. This was a real man who had the scars on his uh, wrists uh, still, who had all his teeth knocked out by the Gestapo, who had a very unhappy personal life. His brother, beloved brother, committed suicide. His wife um, threw herself from the 11th floor of their apartment building to her death. He was pretty lonely in his old age, uh, and he was very haunted which you could see in his eyes. 
so no, he was not an actor. And you can, till this very day, in his recordings, uh, you can still feel the truth being told when you listen to him. And it may sound cynical. Remember, at that time, I was a machine. Jan Karski. At that time, all my life consisted from one contact to another, from one man to another, uh, eating, sleeping, reporting, if possible, coming on time to the meeting. All people I was reporting were very important people. And I was an insignificant little man. My mission was important. So I kept myself under control. And this perhaps it shows that at that time I was in a way morally corrupted. Because with my previous record, I took it, so to say, for granted. Whomever I saw, Everybody was showing me respect or admiration. Everybody was complimenting me. When I asked Karski about his role, he said, well, people have this, this vision. He didn't use the analogy of James Bond, but he said, you know, I think it's all very glamorous working for the secret state. He said, no, it's very boring. It's very ordinary. <laughs> and, you know, you... You, you have this assignment to pick up this material, to meet with this person. You have this rendezvous, you get it here. He made it sound very bureaucratic and ordinary, which of course it is not. I was lucky. Thousands of people like me perished. But some of us survived. I am one of those. Now, secondly, after the war ended, for some 30 years, I never even mentioned that I took part in the war. I wanted to forget everything. I saw too much during the war, too much misery, too much suffering. Well, now I am an old man. Now I look, you know, my family name is Kozielewski. Karski is my assumed name. It was my pseudonym during the war. So now I look at Karski like somebody else. Maciej Kozłowski, Karski's neighbor in Washington, remembers the atmosphere after Karski's meeting with President Roosevelt. He was preparing this book, Story of the Secret State, which was absolute bestseller. Well, he was in an in, in enormous spotlight. He was kind of a star. Thousands of lectures, radio presentations, meetings, United States. He was a... And then, after this short time of living, I would say, on a stage, he withdrew and he never ever talked about his war experiences until Landsman. And it was nearly 30 years. He was absolutely, his students didn't know what he did. You know, one of his students was Bill Clinton. And Never knew who Karski was during the war.
Jan Karski remembers his time in an interview with Claude Lanzmann. Well, Professor Karski, uh, you know that the, the subject of this film is the destruction of the European Jews, the Holocaust. And I would like to know among all the official political leaders to whom you delivered your report, uh, did you have the chance to mention specifically the Jewish uh, problem, this destruction of the Jews? Who was interested? How they were interested? I understand. How they reacted? I was a very important man. I was a hero. Everything was at my disposal. I met the most important men. They catered to me. I could, to whomever I spoke, I could tell them I didn't finish. I have more to say. On many occasions. So with the Polish side of my mission, I had great possibilities to report, and I did report. With the English or American, certain political leaders, like Jewish leaders, oh yes, they listened to me. They let me report. Speaking about government leaders, in Great Britain and the United States. I met all of them as a result of the Polish government, usually prime minister's request, mm -hmm. Mr. Secretary for Foreign Affairs, I wish that you receive a most recent agent from Poland who has material of interest to His Majesty government. Jan Karski, a secret agent who during World War II personally delivered crucial information to the leaders of the free world about what was going on in Poland. When the war breaks out in September 1939, he dons his sabre, a gift from the Polish president for his commendable efforts while training to become an officer and takes his Leica camera in the hope of taking pictures of the Polish military parade after what was anticipated to be a quick and victorious battle against the Germans. The outcome was very different, however. Karski doesn't even fire a single bullet and is taken in as a prisoner of war. Two weeks after Hitler's attack on Poland, Stalin's Red Army invades the country from the east. Karski's unit, which is retreating against the German advance, falls into the hands of the Soviets. Lieutenant Karski, along with other Polish officers, has no idea that Soviet internment for around 20,000 Polish officers will lead to certain death. I thought Karski's story is, is an example of tremendous heroism and, and just an amazing adventure story, but it's also it's, it's about human psychology and the inability of people to imagine the extremes to which such movements can go. How is it possible that Karski manages to survive this Soviet genocide? Listen to the next episode of Untold Stories from the Secret State to find out.
hear the plane roaring down out of control and then crashing into silence. A state of war has existed. It would be still more foolish to lose heart and courage. Thousands of people like me perished. Some of us survived. I am one of those. In this episode, we used archive materials from Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, the Polish National Digital Archive, the Claude Lanzmann Shoah Collection, and the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. This podcast is made by Free Range Productions for the Big Histories Foundation. This production of the first 10-episode series of Untold Stories from the Secret State is financed by the Polish Ministry of Foreign Affairs as part of the Public Diplomacy 2020, a new dimension competition. More information about the series can be found at www.secretstate.pl.